Welcome to the 9th of May's Race 27 recap episode of the Our Team Number Podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who will always do his own laundry, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. One Australian who looks good for her age, Michelle Pierce Denneman. <laughs> good morning. And the Australian who has no idea what a man is, Ben Powell. Keep my name out of your mouth, Michael. And you can see it as using the hashtag Yetoncast or email us at yetoncast at gmail.com. I think it's fair to say we all enjoyed this episode. Yes, yes. it was good. Everyone did what they're supposed to do. Including Tanner and Josh, who went the hell home. I, I think you confused Tanner and Josh with Kelsey and Joey. <laughs> I'm glad that Tanner and Josh went over Kelsey and Joey because Kelsey and Joey now have the edit of "We never get first place ever." The Nick and Matt memorial edit. Yeah, but you saw how that turned out for Nick and Matt in Leg Eleven. Yeah, and we saw how that turned out with Nick and Matt not winning the season. But at what cost, Michael? At what cost? All right, Millhouse. <laughs> Grasp me not straws. <laughs> so previously six teams raced to Krakow, Poland, where Tanner and Josh fell behind early due to taxis. At the detour, Justin and Diana works while Janice and James Earl played. Uh, Logan and Chris fought, but Justin and Diana were in sync and won their third leg in a row and fifth leg of the season. The roadblock pitted Josh against Tiffany, but it was Tiffany and Krista who won out, seeing their friends Tanner and Josh get saved by the final non-elimination of the season. Yay! And yay, there's no intro again. I know Logan likes to point that out every time as well. (laughs) Next thing, you'll be complaining about the lack of fast-forwards this season. Yes. Where where are they? We had one in the first episode. I thought that meant we would get so many more. Come on, producers. Get it together. Yeah. And we get a definitely not staged at all scene between uh, Tiffany and Krista and Tanner and Josh about what's going to happen with the U-turn. This seems like a replay from earlier in the season, minus the cry laughing. And... They do manage to get through a conversation about the U-turn without directly saying they will target Justin and Downer, which is progress. So teams must now fly to New Delhi, India, and catch a 6am train to Agra, where they'll find the next clue on the banks of the Yamuna River. When was the last time they went to Agra? Uh, season 1. Oh, wow. And one of my favourite things of the entire episode was just Denise's face when they got to India. She did not look comfortable to be in that train station. They, well, because they didn't even have an area to play croquet. That was, I mean, when you're waiting at a train station, that's the most important thing is to ease the tension and play some croquet with locals. I know. India really needs to work on the hospitality. I would love to see Denise try and play croquet around those people. For all you know, Michael, those were just like seven or eight different international seasons of The Amazing Race all colliding in the same train station, and they all had to sleep there overnight. It's a huge intersection. (laughs) That would be quite fun. (laughs) There's like 90 teams here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then you get the the behind-the-scenes video of, like, Phil and Monty and Grant and Alan Wu just all interacting and going out for a beer or something. The Wu Avengers. How good would that be? Can you imagine their pub quiz team? That would be awesome. (laughs) That would be the sort of pub quiz team you would want. Uh, We'll take geography. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take puns on my surname for 200. And we get a conversation between Logan and Chris and Justin and Diana about the U-turn as well. And then Tiffany and Crystal. This was the most Survivor-esque conversation I've ever seen <laughs> on The Amazing Race. Hey, at, le- at least all three of those teams have got a better edit than Kelly Wigglesworth. Very true. They've all had more than one confessional over the entire season so far. I like how this conversation, in the long run, doesn't really impact this episode or the rest of this season. It's just a fun little side conversation of somebody essentially being caught in a lie and not willing to own up to it, which really, we really needed this uh, 
when there's not a whole lot else uh, going on the past couple of rounds. Were they really caught in a lie, though? Are we talk- we're talking about Logan and Chris here, right? Yeah, Lo- Logan and Chris told the truth. That's the thing. It was Tiffany and Krista who were sort of covering their own asses by not telling anyone that they had used their U-turn already. So technically, they weren't caught in a lie, but Logan and Chris were just, like, shoved out on their asses. But they're all friends after the season, so we don't need to worry. Mm. How good um, was Justin's evil laugh? Oh my gosh, it was it was just gold. And we actually had a question about that. Which is, what is it with Dustin's diabolical laugh and the glee when hatched plans? I waited for a moustache to be twisted. He almost seemed like a serial killer. Was it the worst editing in history to make him look bad? Or was it just him? Serial killers don't have evil laughs. Like, uh, diabolical villains who tie damsels to railway tracks do. But, like, you know, serial killers don't. Serial killers, like, drill a hole in your head and pour acid in there. Like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't think Jeffrey Dahmer had an evil laugh, so... Not dick dastardly. And Jeffrey Dahmer would win seven legs by this point in the season. <laughs> so once teams get to the river, uh, it's a roadblock, which is who's ready for laundry day? Millie and Chuck. Millie and Chuck would have been great at this roadblock. And in this roadblock, one team member, with an exception, uh, must wash a bicycle load of saris correctly and lay them out to dry to receive the next clue. As the penalty for their non-elimination because I refuse to call it a speed bump, it is Norway's handicap. Tanner and Josh must both do the road. Norway's handicap? What is this, Michael? You should explain it to the audience. Yes, Norway's handicap, which I have long advocated as it should be the replacement of speed bump, is the non-elimination penalty where they don't have a set extra task or whatever. It is simply, we might add an additional requirement. Like in the classic dung cake task that they always do in India, a team might be required to make more dung cakes than every other team. Or both team members might be forced to do the roadblock, or they have to get a forcible U-turn. There is no set thing of what it can be, but it adds a bit of variety rather than the piss-ball tasks that we've seen as speed bumps in the past. And this was on The Amazing Race Norway? It was. It was on both seasons of The Amazing Race Norway. Calling it Norway sounds like you're you're like a middle schooler insulting it. Norway? More like (laughs) Norgay. Oh. And, and I can actually make that joke because I'm gay, but you two can't. So you're now bigots. Dull. So Krista, Chris, uh, Denise, Tanner, Joey, and Diana elect to do this roadblock, with Josh forced to do it as well. And we get so many revelations in this task. Joey's mother uh, does all his laundry. He can do it, he just chooses not to. That is such a fascinating character trait that I'm, I completely managed to stay with. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't get it. I find them boring. Sorry. I sh- we should note that Joey's mother does his laundry and Miss Slippy's car is green. Billy Madison ref. So people out there listening to this will get it. Uh, I can assure you. <laughs> like, if anybody is listening to this podcast, just, just, just acknowledge that you got that reference before I explained it. The confused silence probably tells you that none of us got it. My siblings and I occasionally quote that, so I think I think at least like five of the listeners will get that joke. We stick to parks and recreation in my house. Um, and according to Josh, Denise moves for her age, though. Denise is not elderly, they have voiced out. Denise got the edit this week of being, like, as old as... Mel, like? <laughs> or Donald off of Nick. It's mostly to scale, I guess, in, in like, reality TV terms. Like, say, like, Big Brothers here in the UK, like... The father of the house was 29 years old, and the mother was like, I don't know, 27 or something. 
So it's just like a weird scale thing where like the older people, no matter how, how much older they are, they're, they're like, I don't know, they're treated with the same respect and or considerateness or that's not even a word, the same respect or, or, um, association with around that sort of age as, as it would in real life if there were, you know, scaled up to, to that age for realsies. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I get that. Like, with Denise, like, they could have really taken it a step further, and James Hill could have been like, yeah, Den- Denise and I are uh, running this race together. You know, this is probably the last thing she's going to have a chance to do before we put her in the <laughs> retirement home. <laughs> oh, man. And just really drive that point home that she is the oldest one there. Yeah, it did just make me laugh how many... Have we got, like, two or three different references to Denise being ancient in this yeah. episode? Yeah, like Phil asking about her heart rate, and then she said, Oh, it's 132, and then Phil said, 132? I'm surprised you're not dead already, <laughs> Denise. We're going to have to throw you right outside the Taj Mahal. How old is she? I think, like, 51. She's like late forties, early fifties, I think. Because James Earl's like twenty three, I think. Really? Yeah, Denise is fifty one. She looks a lot older than me. James Earl is twenty six. Denise and Mel went to the same high school. I love that we just got a few mentions of her being like old and decrepit. What happened to talking about the challenge? (laughs) Yeah, there's not a lot to actually say about the challenge. It's more about how they make Denise just old. We had the laundry challenge. That was a lot of sorries. And on Twitter, Phil Kogan made a some sort of joke. I forget what the tweet was, but he he worked the word sorry into a Justin Bieber lyric. And then Claire used my screen cap uh, from when she put her hand on her forehead after the watermelon incident and just said, this is my expression after reading Phil making a Justin Bieber pun. So Joey is the first to leave and teams must now head to the Hanuman Temple and get a blessing to receive the next clue. It might just be me oh. being a Western white guy, but like that didn't really look like a temple. That looked like a column on the side of the street. Like It looked like, a, oh, this, uh, this temple. Yes, uh, you can get a blessing. <laughs> I suppose we didn't see the wide shot, did we? But, yeah. I would have preferred we didn't see the wide shot. I mean, there could have been, like, you know, a entire marketplace to the left. Or, like, a, or, I don't know, a factory or something. Oh, I have a question. Did everyone prefer the roadblock penalty as opposed to any sort of speed bump? Yes, 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 yes. Eh, I would have, but it felt a little tacked on. What with this being the only non-elimina- non-elimination leg of the season where there, there was a penalty? Yeah, it did feel a little tacked on rather than, like, um, predetermined. I can see how people might think, oh, it's so unfair. How can Amazing Grace give this massive penalty to the boys? But I would rather see them actually have to do a task where they have a chance of catching up than a task that is just sort of a, oh, yeah, we've actually got to come up with some sort of vaguely tax-on task, like an ice chair or untying a knot. It's better television to see them work hard than just sit on an ice chair for ten minutes. But on the same page, it just it wasn't like very like explained or introduced at the start of the season, so it was just rather random to me. It's like, oh, he's doing the other side of the... He's doing the, he's doing the robot as well. Without, yeah, like, sort of weirdly still... <clears throat> I agree with you, Ben... Agree with you uh, on that one, Ben, where where it's, it's similar to them not really explaining the whole relay express pass twist this season as well. And then with they they called this a speed bump, but it wasn't a speed bump at all. It's just a completely different type of penalty. So I think if producers said that prior to the start of the season, then the viewers could get a lot more on page with it, as opposed to it seeming like a really severe penalty to have. 
I'm, I mean, it's not like to me. I, I agree. I mean, to me, it's not like, um, well, what's going on? What's what is this? What's happening? It's not like I'm, I'm sort of mega confused. It's sort of like sudden and and you know, it's just sort of sudden. So it's sort of like, oh, okay, this is happening now. All right. If we would have known about this at the start of the season, I wouldn't have had to have a bit of a moan last week about the return of the speed, which would have been nice. Do we assume yeah, that they just cut out the speed bump because of budget costs? That's so like, well. It's too expensive to have a completely different uh, task setter. I'm not sure about that. I think they are just trying something new. Because Phil was giving all those interviews at the start where he's like, we're going back to basics, we're going back to season one, we're going to try new things. And You know, the the Relay Express Pass uh, I'm not a big fan of because forcing alliances, as I always say. But I like this as a evolution of the non-elimination penalty. And we also got to see Kelsey and Joey get the anti-Andy Tommy edit of, uh, we actually respect other religions. Hey. So once teams get the blessing, it's the detour, which is cans or candy. And in cans, teams must load and deliver 120 oil cans on a cargo bike to receive their next clue. And in candy, teams must cut and wash uh, 90 pounds of winter melon and deliver two batches to a shop to receive their next clue. What I would have liked to have seen, which we didn't see, was Josh and Tanner counting their cans or trying to work out the cans <laughs> you're mean michelle just just from previous episodes oh, anyway you're so mean you couldn't do any better <laughs> it did it did take me longer than justin justin was quite quick yeah and i'm sitting there thinking how many how many would i need how many stacked six, yeah six by four by five what i really would have liked to have seen at the detour is to see the same bug that attacked Tiffany at the roadblock to also attack her while they were at the candy task. <laughs> and just the bug follower around all day, like uh, Navi from Legend of Zelda or something like that, and she just cannot get the bug to go. Hey, 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 look out. You can get the do- you can get the task done faster if you use bigger chunks. <laughs> uh, Navi, the sole reason I had my 3DS muted when I was playing Ocarina of Time 3D. Tiffany, Tiffany. Hey, hey. I actually had a fly, a fly like that follow me around one day. Well, it wasn't so much as, as like a giant, giant, um, giant, hideous, disgusting attack fly, but it was like just a just a fly that decided to follow me around all day. It was at a party, so half the, half the time I was passed out, but it did, it did follow, it like you know, it followed, followed me around. Um, I'm not gonna say it particularly did anything for me, but like I don't know when I was pa- when I was passed out, I, it just sort of like it was a guard fly. It's better to have a fly folly around than a drop bear, though, Ben. Oh, yeah, those. Um, we had dro- Don't worry, we had drop bear repellent. Uh, the best I've been able to do is have a butterfly follow me for about two blocks. And uh, Logan and Chris have a- another little tiff over Wintermelon. <laughs> I like how we just ignored the example. Like, he's like, <laughs> where, she- where Logan was saying, well, we should uh, watch the demonstration a bit more. And he's like, nope, I've already seen it. <laughs> I know what to do. <laughs> TLDW. And they're also just so insanely quotable. Like, for example, my intro at the start of this podcast. Oh, I, I love Logan and Chris so much. I love this final five, actually. That'd be a great. That'd be a great team to make the final. To make, to make the final three. Yeah, they would. It, like alongside Denise and James Earl and Tiffany and Krista. I, I like well, Justin. And my, I like Justin and Diane. I like. I like Justin. Uh, let, let me talk. <laughs> let me talk, you insane fans. <laughs> You're wrong. Okay, I so like just. I like just. I like Justin and Diana, but they feel like I'd like it if they were final four losers. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just uh, after just after being the record. Justin and Diana's legacy has to be falling at the final hurdle with a massive memory challenge that yeah. screws them over and means oh. they have to come back for an actually decent unfinished business season. Would it be like, oh crap, we we, we memorised every single thing about the raids except for the fact those final memory challenges. What are we going to do now? I'm very disappointed we didn't get to see more of the candy judge as well. He seemed like he could have been fun. No, go away. <laughs> and he took over Phil's mantle from last season of uh, shouting objection, it seems. Maybe he only knew a few words in English and he'd practiced those words he'd been given them. So all he had was no, go away. Maybe he just had so much sugar that he was both happy and angry. Yeah, I, I just love that that was all we saw of him. It was just, no, go away. And also, I'm very surprised that... Uh, Joey didn't try and form an alliance with Justin and Dana if he was the one who worked at a Christmas tree farm, given that Justin and Dana visited one on their fake race. They could have bonded over Christmas trees. That is a good observation, Michael. I actually didn't think about that. They could have, you know, they could have had a lot of conversations over the first eight episodes, and they just completely missed out. Those are days they'll never be able to take back. And, yeah, then we have to see Josh give us tickets to the gun show. It was very super macho man from Punch-Out!, and Justin and Dana leave Cans in first, with Kelsey and Joey in second, and Logan and Chris leaving Candy in third, uh, Denise and James Earl in fourth, Tiffany and Krista in fifth, and Tanner and Josh in last, with spoilers of U-turn to come. And teams now have to find the Billy Gar Chara roundabout to find the U-turn and potentially their next clue. What is your problem with Josh and Tanner, by the way? Uh, they're just so boring. They're just the most boring ones in the final six. I find Joey and Kelsey to be a bit more boring than Tanner and Josh. See? Yeah, you guys are wrong. It's fine. <laughs> like, why, why do you think they're boring? They just had one thing in for like two episodes, which was, we have to beat Justin and Dana. And then once the first U-turn went, it was just like, oh, yeah, bye. They have a lot of content, though. Like, it's not just the it's not just the rivalry with Justin and Diana. Like, from a certain point on, the what the like, the like um, the race just started shitting on them. So that's pretty funny as well. Yeah, and they have a streak of sarcasm and self-deprecation and the... Uh, latter episodes as well. I, for one, appreciated the Bollywood parade. That was good, too. They even had the people watching from the balcony, uh, you know, all the people on the street with the drums and the music right in the middle of the day to uh, troll all the teams that are trying to get their cans through the road. Meredith the Gretchen riding, riding an elephant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they came through at the very back. Uh, it was right after all the teams and producers had left, and uh, Meredith and Gretchen just happened to sneak by and nobody noticed. While <laughs> Millie was doing somebody else's laundry that uh, had already cleaned it, <laughs> and she just she just threw it back in the dirty river again. Or she threw it like she was angry, so she threw it a distance away, and it hit, and it hit, and it hit Gretchen off the off the um, it hit Gretchen off the elephant, and then Gretchen died. <laughs> what on earth are you guys talking about? <laughs> We're talking about how how Josh and Tanner aren't boring. It's just like it's just like you know the the boring thing is a very you know, it's a very easy, easy complaint to make, and without actually without elaborating on it, it's just like, you know, you can make that complaint about anyone. I will say that they were dubbed the American Volder Mussolini's at the start of the season. They are way more interesting than the Volder Mussolini's ever were. But I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of Tanner and Josh. Personal dislike. I'm glad that they went over, well, Denise and James Earl especially, but I'm glad that they went instead of another quote-unquote boring team of Kelsey and Joey. Who I have a soft spot for. I don't have that soft spot for them because they're just like a they're a bland, attractive couple whose only hook is like presented in the most boring way possible. I'd rather team like not present the hook at all, like say Logan and Chris, than just like um, go on about it in the, the most boring way possible. Like I haven't found like a 
train ride newscast or a taxi ride newscast. I haven't found any of them interesting at all in the entire season. So I'd rather like Logan and Chris's thing of not acknowledging their job at all, except for like one time. And as such being much more entertaining for it rather than just like playing their shtick into the ground in the most uninteresting way possible because of the fact that it's been played out. What I like about all of this is that the only reason why any of us have anything against Joe and Kelsey is because they are boring. Meanwhile, all of the casual fans online, uh, the only thing they now have against Joey and Kelsey is because of the U-turn. Yeah, I was just about to say, we're, it's time to get to the emergence of Joey and Kelsey as our big villains of the season. Because they are the bastards who used the single U-turn. It's the first appearance of a single U-turn since Amazing Race Australia 2 and in America since season 16. And um, Justin and Diana get to it first and they choose not to U-turn anyone. See, they are not a villainous team. You can stop bitching about them casuals now, please. <laughs> but the villains of the season, Kelsey and Joey, are the ones who U-turn Tanner and Josh. And we agree they're still getting no winners at it, right? Yep. I mean, there's Gino and Jesse who U-turn twice and still got the, you know, fan favourite at it. Somehow, given that they got a terrible edit, but... Oh, Canada. They love Canada, Michael. That. They love Canada's of uh, provinces and towns. Yeah, see, there's no reason to leave the country, despite the fact they just won a race that went to four different countries, including Canada. None of the international legs, of course, they won, but still. And once teams pass the U-turn board, they have to find the Moonlight Garden, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in here may, will, be eliminated. Is this the first time Phil has hidden in a park or a forest since season 17 in Russia? Yeah, I can't think of him hiding for a long while. Did producers do this just to get a situation like they had with Je- Denise and James Earl? Because I think they probably did. He's really good at hide and seek. It would have been even better if like, it was just a hole in the ground and Bill just occasionally pops his head up and ducks back into the ground. <laughs> you mean basically a Monty Mole from Mario? Yes, Jim's a Monty Mole. <laughs> and in a surprise, uh, Justin and Dana are the first to check in and they receive a very, very cheap prize. A trip to Honolulu. Doesn't have breakfast in bed, though. That's that's that, that's the deal-breaker with this trip. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's really cheap as a night like prizes. I'm sure they're, they're happy with it. I'm sure that even though it's cheap, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to go to Honolulu, Hawaii. I'd be a little bit disappointed if I were them, given that they have won in the past, like, 30-odd grand and trips to actually interesting places. After they switch with corpses, then they go to Hawaii and start their life over there. So how many, how many legs have they won in a row so far? Four. Four. They are the fifth team in Amazing Race US history to uh, get four legs in a row. And if they don't win the season, which we're expecting them to not because Kelsey and Joey are probably going to win, they will be the first team to win four legs in a row and still lose the race because it's Megan and Shane, Nick and Star, Dave and Rachel, and Dave and Connor who are the other four. And this is only the, this is only the American stats, right? Because there is a team that have done five legs in a row. Yep, they are running for the equal worldwide record next week. Five legs in a row. Which was achieved by... Valeria and Bogdana in the Ukraine. Ukraine? We have a reason to bring up the Amazing Race Ukraine on the podcast. We do. Yeah, spoilers, they won the last five legs of the race. Oh, I was going to watch the Amazing Race Ukraine next week. How can you do this to me, Michael? 
I know you are fluent in Ukrainian, Logan. Damn it! If you want to watch something with subtitles, Vista Mall starts on the 2nd of January. Damn it! And for the third leg in, in a row, Kelsey and Joey are second place. Uh, and it's Logan and Chris's best finish with third. Uh, Tiffany and Krista in fourth. And then Denise and James Earl are fifth. And they get to show us the fact that India has camels. Yeah. You know that at this point that Logan and Chris are destined to make sure that Justin and Diana don't get don't get nine leg wins, right? Yep. Because, like, you know, uh, two legs ago, fifth place. Last leg, fourth place. This leg, third place. Next leg. Next leg, I'm assuming you go for second. But, I mean, just looking, skipping ahead, like, two minutes until we talk about this. Just looking ahead at the next time trailer, it looks like it's probably going to be a short one because it's a night leg. Mm, possibly. But, like, you know, maybe maybe, Log- maybe Logan helping Chris navigate his, uh, whatever that was... Um, in a efficient, in a, in a loud and efficient manner, will help them win, win the light, help them get second place. I mean, every team is just going to be racing to try and stop Justin and Diana getting the record. Now, I guarantee that will be talked about next week because I know Justin and Diana are aware of the fact that they equaled the record this week. They equaled the American record. They just they need to like they have one more leg to go before they equal the worldwide record. And Michelle wants us to talk about uh, people saying it's unfair that Justin and Diana keep winning legs. Uh, no. <laughs> It's called the race. Um, it's just everyone else's fault for sucking so hard that they can't beat Chester and Diana at least once. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Only the I mean, last team to beat them was Denise and James Earl, and that's because they used an express pass that they had to use in that leg of the race. That's the only team that Jess and Diana have lost to in the past five rounds. If you exclude the express pass, the last team to beat Justin and Diana were Tanner and Josh in leg three, and that was in a foot race. I mean, I get it. I don't, th- I don't think it's unfair. I just think it's it leads to a not-that-interesting race. The, the crop of teams we have in the final five, I'd say, as a whole, they're more interesting than the than the five teams we had in the final five last season. Yes, that, that includes... That includes Kelsey and Joey, but like no matter the circumstances, one team winning all the legs, even if they're on, even if they're pretty, even if they're a likable team, and even if they're on the way to the to beat the record, which is pretty still pretty interesting, it's still pretty boring. Sorry about it. The difference here is that actually the final five are one of my favorite final fives ever in terms of actually being interesting people. Kelsey and Joey, yes, are fifth in terms of interesting out of those teams. But I like all five of these teams. And next week, regardless, will be a disappointing elimination for me, no matter who it is. Because it's probably not going to be Kelsey and Joey because I haven't beaten Justin and Diana yet. Kelsey, Kelsey and Joey have the active edit now of, as I, as we said earlier, the Nick and Matt edit of we have to be insert team here. So that they will have a leg of beating them. It'll probably be the final leg, let's be honest. Did it work out that way for Nick and Matt? In the final leg? No. Sadly. Because that would have been a better conclusion to the season. Slightly. Brent and Sean would have been greatly. So Brent and Sean winning would have been hilarious because he would have just vomited all over the, uh, the map again. So yeah, Tanner and Josh, bye-bye. How long do you think that... Um, Denise and James Earl were at that other garden for? Oh, a while. I mean, we we will probably find out next week how far behind they were because they left the detour and U-turn mat in fourth. I'm so, guessing they lost at least. I'm guessing they lost at least a half hour or so. With the Tanner and Josh being eliminated, um, I remember reading a couple weeks ago that I think it was either Tiffany or Krista who posted that they were surprised how little the editors show the relationship between them and Tanner and Josh, and then. Fast forward to the next two episodes, and editors did a pretty good job at elaborating as to how close both teams really were during the race. 
you could tell they were, that Tiffany and Crystal were heartbroken when they saw the U-turn map. Yeah, it's pretty much just one of the strongest reactions I've seen to a team seeing somebody else get U-turn that uh, wasn't them. And they basically knew that Tanner and Josh were bye-byes. Well, yeah, that laundry task looked like it took about a half hour per person, and then neither side of the detour seemed particularly easy and I'm guessing to navigate back and forth in areas in uh, Agra probably takes a while by tuk-tuk. So Tanner and Josh pretty much got at least a one hour or so penalty between if you combine the double roadblock and being U-turned uh, this round. And one very interesting thing, Phil keeps mentioning Justin and Diana being dominant to every other team. Even in the unaired clips I've seen where Phil's like, hey, did you know that Jess and Diana won first on this leg of the race? What do you think about them winning first? Do you want to beat them because they're they're always finishing first? He's mentioned it more than uh, Tanner and Josh ever did. He's mentioned as yeah. much as he did if any if any of the blind dates had a love connection last season. That's it's on the it's on the same level where it's like we get it, Phil. There's other things to talk about. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because yeah, I mean, there is other things to talk about this season. Yeah, I mean, like even like in one of the um, in one of the clips from last week of the unedited clips from last week, there was actually a there was actually a point where like it was a Denise and James Earl and Joey and Kelsey were both at the match, so they're like um near the end they were like um wait isn't it wait why Wait, what about us, Phil? What about us, Phil? Are you going to ask, ask, ask yeah. us about anything? Or what, 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 what were you thinking about anything besides Justin and Diana? That was basically, yeah. But there wasn't technique. That wasn't fully, but you get the idea. And next time we get more Indias, a night leg, and balloons. Will anybody be sweating like a beast, though, next leg? Probably not, because it's a night leg and, you know, it won't be as warm. It'll still be really, really warm. Will it beat this leg? Probably not. Because this leg was great. I just hope that Logan, uh, you know, doesn't push Chris closer to the edge and uh, ask him if he already cut himself again. Because that was that was pretty that was pretty depressing to see that moment happen this week. See, all the casual fans would be like, "Oh yeah, of course he cut himself, wouldn't you?" And one thing that I said I would bring up before the end of the podcast uh, to Mark Doyle was the concept of a fan vote All Stars in the same vein as Survivor Second Chance. Nope. No. Why would this be a terrible idea? Jen Cord gets to play four, five, and six, and seven, eight, nine more times. That's why. I can't fault that. Also, I trust the I trust the Survivor fan base because, like, you know, it seems to be generally more well-rounded around America, or if not that, just very Californian. So I trust their taste more than I trust the conservative Bible Belt who watched The Amazing Race in America. Basically, if there was a fan vote for an Amazing Race All-Stars, you would get the most boring, unoffensive teams. Quite nice. It'd be a really nice season, but you wouldn't remember a single thing that happened. I can't wait for I can't wait for the Amazing Race Canada All Stars where we get Dana and Amanda and Gino and Jesse again. (laughs) 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 The people have spoken. And of course, Logan and Ryan. Who? <laughs> Logan and his brother-in-law. Oh, I must have missed that season. Oh, that's Tark Four. Oh, right. The people's right. champions who are going to f- fall at the final hurdle in a final memory challenge and get the piss out of them. Imagine if you were hanging around Tyson, Michael. I think he'd feel very uncomfortable around you. Uh, so yeah, anything else to say about this leg? Um, possibly. Boring. That's all I really. That's all I really have to say. And end their legacy on that note, or when, or when they, or when they have to like clap in Justin and Diana possibly winning at the end. That would be hilarious. Hey, they're cheering for them now. Yeah, Joey, Yeah, that's what they said during the episode. They're cheering. They want the green team to win. They're not cheering for Tiffany and Krista though. Notice that. Well, they're also wearing green. 
They're, they're cheering for both green teams to win. Thank you very much for joining us. You can join us again to recap episode 10 next weekend. And if you enjoyed the show, and even if you didn't, please give us a like on YouTube and subscribe and rate the episodes on iTunes. If you want to see what we're rambling about this week, you can tweet us at MJHarmstone, at LogSuperQuacky, and at IncWomY, and Bear33333. All of which is about in the descriptions everywhere. And finally, if you missed our interview with Michael Michelle from Amazing Race 26, that's also available on iTunes, as are the interviews with Team Guido and Kat and Jesse, uh, who are from Amazing Race Australia versus New Zealand. See you next week. See you. Bye. Bye.